Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Gabe Ramirez. My BetMGM account is going crazy right now. Ever since the NCAA tournament, I've just been fortunate enough to be pulling off a few victories. Ah. Anthony Heron. On 670 The Score in Odyssey Station. Gabe Ramirez right here on 670 The Score along with Anthony Heron. Broadcasting live from the Score Hyundai Studios. Brought to you by your local Hyundai dealers. And I feel like the I feel like the intro was a wow. throwback back back in the day when they used to care about us and made intros for us. <laughs> looking at you, Tyler Beautiful. Looking at you. Hey, it's been a while since all three of us have been together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I heard that. I was like, damn, I remember that. First got to 670 scores, uh, getting new intros every damn two weeks. Yeah, you were man, all the way back in 2022. It's been a while. We're in a whole in brand day. new year since any of that went off. And but here we are, man, hanging out again. We're not doing a Miller Lite top draft show. We're not <laughs> doing any any bears unleashed. We're just mm-hmm. getting a chance to hang out for some hours here on on, on the scores sports radio. Feel, it's gonna be it's gonna, feels good right now. Feels so good, man. Reunited, no doubt. Looking forward to the next three hours. There's a lot to talk about, too, whether it's Bears or Bulls or, or Paris, France, and just how the New Year's been treating us so far. I saw you the other night on the Sports Zone. Yeah. I got Luke Canellis getting that in. Had the full, had the tie on, too. I'm not sure I've ever seen you in, like, a, a legit <laughs> necktie before. You look real official out there. Out here trying to look like a real sportscaster, <laughs> Anthony Heron. What, what do they say? If you want the part, you, you got to look the part for you. what you want. Whatever right. they say. Yeah, I man. It was funny because got a dress for what was it dress for the job you want? There something it is. like that. Thank God, uh-huh. you know what you know what we're t- I'm talking about. <laughs> so it's funny because Luke Canellas hits me up right, and he's like, "Hey, Gabe, you think you can come in, Cassie? You know, whatever." And I was like, "Yeah, absolutely." Mm-hmm. And he's like, uh, "You know, I, I'd love to have you in studio." He's like, "But if you want to do it via Zoom, and I've done Sports Zone on Fox, you know, via mm-hmm. Zoom, but I'm chilling mm-hmm. at the crib, got a hoodie on, feeling yeah. good, you know, have a beer next to me." <laughs> and Lou's like, "You know, if you can come in though." That'd be great. Free parking on Michigan <laughs> Avenue, whatever. And so I said, okay, you know, by 10 o'clock, the kids are down. I don't feel too terrible. Right. And then I had to go into my closet because, like you mentioned, I had to wear a suit or, you know, felt like that was necessary. And so I pull out this. And you don't mind dressing up a little bit, but, you what? know, there, there was something more official about yeah. the way you looked on Sunday night. Well, what was funny is that the first suit that I pulled out, I, like, grabbed it and I was like, yeah, this looks legit, right? And mm. I pull it out and then I put it on. 
And then I was like, damn, has it been that long since I've worn a suit? Because this don't fit me anymore. And I'm like, oh, my God. So then I, I try to grab, like, you know, what I once thought was the biggest suit in my closet. <laughs> and that was now fitting me snug. And I'm like, what the hell? So then I'm like, you know what? I didn't really want to wear a black suit, you know, because you always got that one black suit that you just, you know, it's going to hold you down no matter yeah, what. Yeah, exactly. Everybody's got one of those. And that's where I was. And then I... Then I took a, a, a tie and a, and, a, and a little handkerchief that my sister brought me. And then thank God, I, thank God I didn't have to button up the jacket, though. Aunt. <laughs> that, was the, that was the number one thing right there. You know what, man? The kids ain't buttoning their jackets these days anyway, man. If they do, it's just like the one button, and then you get the suit that's cut like with the little V, yeah. and it kind of flares out towards the side. But, but, but Lou tried to play me, though, because he had the double-breasted, and it was buttoned. So I felt <laughs> even worse because I was like, damn. Oh, you know, yeah. Lou stay in the gym. Yeah. You know, Lou, Lou out there trying to try to stay like a, a young man yeah. out there. Keep he's fit. fit. He's fit, fit. So, needless uh-huh. to say, uh, shout out to Les Mills. I've been doing some body pumps at the crib for the last three or four days, just now, trying to get the belly down. I don't recall if we've discussed this on the air or not Tell me. before, man. You, you're not still weighing yourself every day, are you? Or are we outside that habit? Have we, have you know, we kind of gotten to a, a healthier space one, with that just uh, mentally, just knowing that, you know what, just just live a healthy lifestyle, just just practice good habits. You got to be on the scale every day. Yeah, you know, now I just do it uh, every other day instead of. <laughs> that's very mild improvement yeah, yeah, you know. just for what i view as improvement you know, I did it for any you. of you out there may i check the text line a little bit later anybody out there who's weighing themselves every day listen to me just listen to the sound of my voice stop it you were doing yourself a disservice stepping on that scale every day jot down what you want to eat if you're doing a point system whatever you're doing Pay attention to what you're consuming, how you're living, what calories you're burning, all that other kind of stuff. Stepping on the scale every single day has always, in my opinion, done more harm than good. Weigh yourself once a week tops. Hell, weigh yourself once a month. Stop stepping on the scale every day. Anthony Heron at Orange Theory, ladies and gentlemen. Make sure you check him out this week. He's going to have you settled up. I get you right. But everything really good. Man, I'm leaving the country, by the way, in like a week and a half. So I got to get myself right, man. I got to get this this shred on. Where are you going? Uh, So we are. So what happened was a couple weeks ago. What had happened was a couple weeks ago, football season coming to a close. You know, all the the college stuff is done. Uh, Bear season is at a close. And literally the next day, I think it was after we got done, like I did a bunch of the, you know, the, the bowl coverage around, you know, college football playoff, all that other stuff. And then the Bears season ended, whatever that was on the 8th. So, yeah, like a week and a half ago, I guess, my wife's like, you know, now that you're done, and we usually love traveling anyway, but she's like, you know, we got to go somewhere, right? Like, okay, cool. Yeah, we, we definitely got to go somewhere. Yeah. Um, where you want to go? It's like, well, wait, 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 wait. I don't mean like we're going to take like another trip, bigger trip, you know, later on. We'll figure that out. I mean, we got to leave the country by the end of the month. Like, wait a minute. You know, we're like in mid-January already. We're trying to go within a couple of weeks. Anywhere. We'll figure it out. Right. Anywhere. (laughs) Yeah. So we ended up settling on, on, so what did we do? Last year we did Costa Rica, but we gave ourselves a couple months from that. Where where the hell are we going? Cabo. That's where we're going. Okay. Cabo San Lucas. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Los Cabos. That'll be a a A little tequila, a little mezcal. There will definitely be some of that being consumed. Uh, we found a spot with a with a kids club, so the youngster will be handled in that manner. He'll have plenty of people his size and his age to hang out with. Mom and daddy gonna get it into. It, it will be a fun time being had by by all. That's what's up, man. Well, well, you, that means we got to put you to work right now, extra hard, so that, that way <laughs> you can really feel like you deserve those days. Hey, I'm here, and I'm I, here. I, I got a way to do it, and you know, <clears throat> you know me. I'm all about solutions, not problems. Mm-hmm, right. And we got a couple minutes right here before we take our first break. 
<clears throat> excuse me. And I was uh, I, I was searching around and, and looking at the free agents that were out there. Okay. For the Bears, because I was like, you know, I'm tired of people making these arguments and not saying what kind of guys are out there, what kind of talent is out there, or even if they would be good fits for for the Bears. So so I got some names. I got All some right. I got some people that are out here uh, right. that are going to be free agents, and I, and I was curious your thoughts on them. Um, so what I did was I'm, I'm going to go from uh, the guys that have have most recently signed their most expensive contract, Ooh. right, and then we'll go down the list until they become like a little bit more affordable. Okay, and where they go in, in those places. So we're not starting at the the bargain rack. We're going to start no, 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 no. with like the the most expensive no, no, no. We, stuff. I got money to okay. I got money to blow and Heron, top shelf. I got top money shelf. to blow. Right. I got paid. My pockets right. are fat. And uh-huh. I'm not out here trying to get any Mad Dog 2020. <laughs> I want the real stuff, okay? I feel you. Um, so, so someone that, that, that stands out, because I'm thinking offensive line first. That's the first uh, group that comes to mind for me. Mm-hmm. And I see a guy like George Fant from the, okay. New, from the New York Jets. And I look at Now, he's 30, and I'm trying to think. And the, the, I've grabbed these guys specifically, Ant, because I look at a guy like George Fant. He plays right tackle, right? He signed the nine. He's coming off of a nine million dollar contract, but he's thirty. So my question to you, right? Because this, I think this is a good baseline for where we should be thinking as Bears fans. Mm-hmm. Is that too old for you as an offensive lineman, as a former NFL player, someone who who understands these positions better than most? Is that is that too 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 old for you to be paying that type of money, or do you think that that's someone that kind of like like yeah, that's a guy that that could be a guy, thirty years old, going to be costing you about ten million dollars a year, and you feel confident in someone like that? Now, I I would not eliminate him just based off the age. Because okay. the age at 30, especially, you know, playing offensive line, you, you can still be in, in good shape well into your 30s. You know, we, we just saw that recently here in Chicago. Jason Peters was 40, and he two years ago was the Bears' best offensive lineman and is right now still in postseason football playing pretty effectively for the Cowboys we just saw last weekend. So the age wouldn't necessarily be the deterrent. The film? There could be some concerns there. You know, a couple of years he's been with the Jets here. And, you know, the, the Jets just have a, a tattered, piece-together shoehorn of an offense with a quarterback who didn't know what in the world he was doing for a lot of the season. And that can affect everyone's performance when your your play calling is inconsistent, when your decision-making at quarterback is inconsistent, you got some guy running around everywhere. Then You know, the, the way you're graded can be affected, the way your film is evaluated can be affected for everyone, for the offensive line, for the receivers, you name it. So maybe if the Bears feel like this is someone whose mentality suits what we're looking for, if his mobility and athleticism suit what we're looking for, and we feel he'd be an upgrade over where we're at right now, then, yeah, maybe we feel like, you know what, let's get a different guy in here to play some right tackle. If we feel great about Braxton Jones on the left, or, you know, with either tackle, if you feel good about what George Fant brings to the table, the age wouldn't be a deterrent. It would be the film. Do you think he's still got enough game at this stage of his career to come in and be an upgrade for you, then, yeah, I think you're, you're in a position right now where it doesn't have to be just some other young developmental guy who you're hoping can come in and, and eventually become good. I think next season you want to bring in some offensive linemen that you feel like day one, that's a starter, that's an upgrade from where we're at. It's funny because I didn't know I was starting there. You know, I just knew I was starting offensive linemen, and he okay. was at the top of the list. And one of my good friends, Josh, he's listening right now, and he's a he's a he's a Jets fan, big time okay. Jets fan, and mm-hmm. he was like, "No, fan, he sucks." <laughs> and I'm like, "Okay, I was trying to have a baseline of guys uh-huh. for that position, but I'm glad that we got some insight from someone that actually uh, is a fan of his." All right, here, here's someone else. Here's the next guy I got for you. And an age, I'm curious where you're at in age when it comes to this position 
And this particular guy, Marvin Jones, Mm. 32, played for Jacksonville, you know, of the season, $6 million contract seems very, very affordable. But is that a guy where you say, like, nah, 32, 33 over the hill, not sure we're going to get in that space, I'd rather not? Or is that someone that you think, you know, Bears might be taking a look at? You know what? Again, I guess even at receiver, because right now the Bears are in a position where having a receiver who can come in and upgrade their room, you would think in theory shouldn't be difficult. But this is one of the one of the things you and I have discussed at times throughout the season. Part of why they went out and got Chase Claypool is because it's not viewed as a deep free agent crop of wide receivers. So anyone who's a free agent right now doesn't won't likely definitively come in and upgrade your room, not like somebody who's been highly productive in their pro career so far. That's just not what this free agent crop is going to have available. Now, the draft cycle is a bit of a different story, and with the draft capital, the Bears may have the potential to accumulate than maybe even making a trade. But as far as a guy like Marvin Jones, who has some physical tools, who has made some plays throughout his career, but he's not a guy who you say can come in and you just say, you know what, that's our no-doubt surefire number one guy he's into his 30s he's still got you know plenty of of skill available to him physically but what's the price tag going to be to bring him in and how do you necessarily feel like he suits everything else that you're trying to do within this office because like we talked about with Chase Claypool and a variety of other guys the receiver position within this Luke Getze offense is intricate you know you're going to be asked not only to line up in a variety of spots you'll be asked to block in a lot of those positions that you're lining up in as well. You'll also potentially you know, be an extension of the run game. So that there's a lot that would go into that. So do you feel like Marvin Jones can come in and be a piece of that and come in at a, you know, at a reasonable price? Then he's worthy of, of being added. I think you know, on, on a similar type of contract, maybe not a full-on prove-it deal. He's been in the league for a decade. He's made, made a number of plays. But he's not someone who you come in and say, all right, the Bears finally got their number one receiver. All right, I'll, this is why I'm asking because if Marvin Jones ends up being signed, they want to know, you know, should we be disappointed as a fan base? But I got some, I got some more guys for you okay. uh, that I love to talk about on the other side. I also want to uh, talk about the 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 phenomenon that is Chicago Bulls basketball and their fandom yeah. that exists across the pond. I want to talk about that as well. We'll get a chance to do that, but first, and we get a chance to hear from our guy Joe Ostrowski, of course, brought to you by BetMGM. Going to be telling you about uh, where you should be laying your money. Hello, Gabe. Joe Ostrowski here as we go inside the numbers presented by BetMGM, the king of sportsbooks. Over in Paris, the Bulls covered as seven and a half point favorites this afternoon against the Pistons and the under hit by a couple of points. Diving into this weekend's divisional round, it isn't just about sides, totals, or player props. You could take a look at the highest scoring team of the weekend, lowest scoring team, How about Super Bowl MVP? Will there be a shutout, safety, overtime game? Will a non-QB throw a TD pass, or will one of those big uglies up front get into the end zone? On the NFC side, it's the Eagles and Giants for the third time this season. Philadelphia, the 7.5-point favorite at BetMGM. Jalen Hurts off the injury report completely, and offensive tackle Lane Johnson good to go, but cornerback Avante Maddox has been declared out. Bird's backup running back Boston Scott has 10 touchdowns against the Giants, so Scott, anytime TD, a popular prop between 3 and 4 to 1. The Niners minus four versus the Cowboys. San Fran riding an 11-game winning streak. And this will be Dallas's fourth consecutive road contest. 
The 49ers get extra rest. The boys, short rest after playing Monday. No doubt Brock Purdy's toughest test following a perfect 6-0 start. In the AFC, it's Andy Reid off the bye. The Chiefs are favored by 8.5 against the Jaguars. Reid is 28-6 straight up. 21 and 13 against the spread with extra time to prepare. Casey won by 10 earlier this season. Bills minus five and a half hosting the Bengals on Sunday in Cincinnati is missing three starting offensive linemen. Buffalo relatively healthy. Joe Burrow has covered eight in a row as an underdog. Josh Allen has five interceptions in his last three games. And the odds suggest that there are five players in the mix for the number one pick in the NFL draft, currently owned by the Bears. Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud remain the top two favorites. Will Anderson and Jalen Carter, plus 650. QB Will Levis has entered the chat at plus 750. Catch me tomorrow on Bernstein and Holmes at noon to break down the NFL's divisional round right here on The Score. I'm Joe Ostrowski, taking you inside the numbers, presented by BetMGM, the king of sportsbooks. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shop overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing. However you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did-we-just-hit-a-million-orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow, whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits. Shopify helps you sell everywhere, from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast we get it attention spans just aren't what they used to be heads in social media and eyes on netflix but what do people do with their ears well for one they're listening to audio americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day oh and you want the proof well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. I mean, being out here has been great, the whole experience. My family's been here. We've been doing things as a group. 
the culture, the fans, obviously, the environment, you know, it was electric. Uh, and uh, yeah, obviously, capping off with a win, was it was great. So, you know, we played the right way. You know, it was a little sluggish in the beginning, but it was uh, it was good. We're back live with more of Anthony Heron and Gabe Ramirez on 670 The Score and Odyssey Station. A little bit of Zach Levine talking about the Bulls' victory today over the Detroit Pistons. That one happening in Paris, France. The Arco Arena Bulls taking it 126, 108, 108. Good, 108, mate. <laughs> 108. Was that, was that going to be a French accent that evolved into an nah. Australian accent? I don't know. What the hell happened right there? <laughs> um, the big three, though, killing it. DeMar DeRozan putting up 26. Zach scoring 30. And then Vooch with another double-double, 16 points, 15 rebounds. Bulls being able to balance things out despite not having DeMar DeRozan uh, over the last couple of games. Now, now, and. I've never been to Paris. I hear it's I, I, all I hear though is that like the urban culture over there is just really, 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 really cool. It is, man. There's a there's an outstanding food scene. There's a great art scene there, and the music scene is is just phenomenal. Whether it's you know more kind of cultured classical kind of stuff, you might go check out during the day, or if you want to go hit the club scene at night. My wife and I went. It's uh, it's been probably good 15 years ago now, something like that, when, when we went to uh, to Paris. very first time we went to Europe and had an outstanding time. But that was probably the thing that maybe caught us most off guard was we knew we were going to be able to get into some food and some museums and just a lot of the, the architecture in, in different places. But the music scene was was a lot better than we anticipated with all different types of music, you know, from all over the world, whether you're into to rock or, you know, rap, R&B, um, you know, pop music, both, you know, stuff we would consider domestic here in America. And they got their own, you know, kind of Parisian versions of both pop and hip hop music, man. There was a, what, there was a, a, a group called, I think they're called like Fatal Bazooka. <laughs> it was kind of like the French the Beastie hell? Boys over okay. there, man. It was, it was something else just to check out a, a lot of the different stuff while we were there. But we did, man. We had a great time. And it seems like while the Bulls have been there, that they've been able to kind of experience a lot of the Parisian culture and that clip Tyler played from Zach Levine talking about the family going with him. That's what you would hope for for a trip like this, especially just being in the thick of the regular season, that there's a good balance of being able to go over there, kind of spread the NBA gospel, essentially bring the brand of the Bulls over there, bring the brand of the NBA. And between the two ball clubs, the Bulls are obviously the bigger brand between the Bulls and the Pistons going over there. So not only do you get to go – and get a dub, but there's enough time kind of surrounding each end of the trip where you go and kind of get something culturally out of it as well. It sounds like the Bulls have been able to do that. Yeah, and it was awesome to see, like you mentioned, you know, have them having an opportunity to enjoy the city just on their own prior to, to, to playing in the basketball game. And, you know, I mean, geez, when do you get an opportunity like that? But it was really cool because, you know, the Pistons had a home. It was it was their home game. They had their PA announcer and everything. But every time the Bulls made a bucket, the crowd was just going crazy, right? <laughs> that was so cool to see because I think I think we often forget how powerful the brand of the Chicago right. Bulls is. Why do you – I mean, because you're looking – I mean, it's, you know, decades ago, right, that mm. the Bulls were relevant at that level. And, do, like, are you imagining a scenario where, like, there's some, like, 
Parisian dad that's sitting there with his son and being like, "Yeah, son, I've been loving this team since Mike in the night." Like, is, is that am I am I like a bizarre land thinking that, no. or that's what's happening, right? I think so, man. I think that's exactly what was going on because you think back to even the early '90s when the Bulls were just beginning that first three peat. That was when the dream team, you know, went went over uh, and and had the Olympic run, and so the the brand of NBA stardom was spread globally. In, in this enhanced manner during that point. You know, like, you know, Croatia had good basketball. There were sp- some spots around the globe that were playing the game at a high level. But it went full-on global with the Dream Team having Mike and Magic and Bird and just every every one of the main stars in the NBA being a part of that first Dream Team in 92. And, of course, Jordan was the biggest star of that crew. So, I mean, we're talking – 30 years ago at this point but when you think about it that's that's where you know we're now able to see over this last decade here where the the international level of play has risen so much and now you, you get some of the best a lot of the best players in the NBA are international players well there were certainly there were a number of stars like Drazen Petrovic is the first name that yeah. kind of pops into my head Arvidas Sabonis exactly man there, there's always been well not always but certainly for our lifetime there's been for decades now quality international players but international ball is deep now and the the nba bringing the dream team over and the success of the bulls there was a huge part of that and michael jordan's international superstardom was a big part of that and so now you have people all around the world who've grown up being fans of the bulls and fans of the nba because of the bulls and because of jordan starting with the dream team and so i just think we see where now there's multiple generations of international fans that were really birthed because of the popularity of the Bulls during that time in the 90s. Yeah, we saw firsthand before the game, you know, Tony Parker was speaking to the crowd. Of course, he got a big reaction. Mm. And then, you know, Vooch got to show off his French a little bit. That was pretty cool. <laughs> and then they give they gave the mic to Killian Hayes, you know, guard from the Detroit Pistons. And he's a young guy from, you know, the suburbs of France. And and obviously it felt good to be in his hometown seeing seeing that thing happen. So. It was really cool to be in, to be in that place and really just ex- experience it. And like you mentioned, right, where the the Bulls and the Pistons in that moment tasked with bringing the game across the pond, right? Talking to you know to these countries so they can be like that. But but let's talk real quick about the traveling part mm. because you could think. I mean, what the, there were six hours ahead. So like as an athlete, what kind of like because because to me as a casual fan, I'm like, man, get your ass up, start playing some. <laughs> Basketball, it doesn't matter what time it is. I don't want to hear this. Uh-huh. But uh, I know I'm wrong in there, right? That does take some time for the body clock to kind of get back in rhythm, right? Yeah, it's it's a big deal. It is. Like for me, even when I when I was in Atlanta with the Falcons, we played a preseason game against the Colts over in Tokyo. So we oh, went wow. all over to Japan. Wow. Man. Yeah. And it's it's a huge difference for your body clock. And so just think about, you know, when you know, anybody who's trying to participate in athletics or stay on a consistent workout schedule. So even just put it through the lens, anybody listening right now, of if you stay up late the night before or if you go and have some tequila the night before <laughs> and then you get up and you're like, you know what, normally I try to get my workout in in the morning, but I just don't really feel it today. My body's not quite right. But think about where if you are six hours different or if you're eight hours different, several hours different from where you're normally operating and you have the international jet lag of being on a plane for that long when you get there the effects that has on your body and now you have to show up and try to compete at a high level when i was with the falcons we went over to tokyo we went out there almost a full week 
in advance just because wow. the, the time zone is so different. And then you're playing football, you know, kind of the, the ultimate violent physical collision sport. You're playing what was a preseason game, but still, you know, you want players to go over there one. You do have other responsibilities that are going to be there where you're going to local events. You are trying to spread the international brand of the sport and the league that you're over there representing. You're going to have some cultural events and have some opportunities to kind of, you know, get some of the local vibe in both with your free time and with you know specific events that have been arranged by the league that you're over there with. Mm-hmm. And also, by the time you actually are prepared to play in the game, now you're hoping that being there several days in advance, your body has has regulated to the schedule of that local community that you're in. You play the game. All right, let's rush home and try to get back to domestic time, get back to American time. What happened to me, man, we went to we went to Tokyo. They actually gave us on this long flight, whatever it was, probably like a good 15-hour flight or whatever going right. to Tokyo. They actually gave us boxes of Ambien. I'm saying boxes, plural, but each of us individually had a box of Ambien that they gave us to take on the plane, and it was actually supposed to land to last us throughout the week. The thought was those initial days, we give you a few Ambien in a box, take one on the plane to help knock you out, like at a prescribed time. You know, the medical, the training staff, the doctors and everybody had gotten together and kind of come up with a sleep schedule to get us as quickly regulated as possible. Now, for me, I've never been a big sleeper. I'm a night owl. I love movies. So we get on this plane on whatever it was, 747, some kind of double-decker deal. We all got our own, you know, like personalized TVs. You can order every movie under the sun. (laughs) So I have access to this TV, have access to bottomless food, beverage. And then they close the shutters and they say, all right, go ahead and pop an Ambien and go ahead and get this, this first segment of sleep in. Even though it's still daylight out the window, but they closed all the shutters and said, all right, go ahead and go to sleep. Pop one Ambien and go ahead and shut it down. I popped an Ambien. Did nothing for me. Popped a second Ambien Uh-oh. a little while later. Did absolutely nothing. I'm just up the entire flight just watching movie after movie, eating. By the time, finally, like the announcement gets made that we're getting ready to land in Tokyo, now I'm finally yawning. You know, I got kind of, you know, getting, getting crusty-eyed and everything. Once we're actually finally getting ready to touch down, I stayed awake virtually the entire flight now i'm just a zombie when we land in tokyo so it took most of the week for me to really get my body right in time to actually be ready and able to perform in the game let alone have a productive week on the practice field so there is a lot that can kind of go into actually your body being prepared because the experience involves so much aside from actually like what you're accustomed to doing is trying to be at your peak physically yeah and i'm sure that uh, you know obviously i think it's the 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 toll of of having to do all the other obligations that kind of get in the way, right? It's not like you're just going to go chill in your hotel room and let your mm-hmm. body acclimate. Like, you have other things to do. So that that in itself is, is making you more tired than you actually are, right? So that's got to be difficult in itself. But uh, it, it's cool to, It's cool that the, the NBA gives these guys opportunities. And you know yeah. what? We got to shout out the Chicago Bulls at the organization for just what they've done for the other people that went out there, right? Like, if you're looking at the staff, like like Chuck Swirsky, Bill Wennington, Alyssa Berger, mm-hmm. Minnie, like, everyone that was able to go out there, you saw – you know, you saw Casey Johnson out there, Joe Colley. Like, right. pe- th- that's an experience of a lifetime for a lot of people. So it was just really cool to see the Chicago contingent out there. And, you know, everywhere on my social media, I had friends that went out there to go to the game. <laughs> oh, uh, yeah? yeah? Oh, man. I, I got I got a friend of mine. His name is DJ Ozone, one of the dopest on the north side, or in the, in the city, I should say. He they, they booked him to do a show out there. 
like Whoa. during the during the Bulls week. So it's like the <laughs> Chicago Paris takeover. Like so, uh-huh. it was happening everywhere. So it just I don't know. It made you feel really cool as a, as, a, as a Chicagoan to know that your your city was being celebrated. You know, out there in France. But just even yeah, you know, just, uh, I, I happened to be over at the NBC Sports Chicago studio today when they were getting ready to do the pregame show with you know golf and Kendall, Will. They were yeah. all in studio over there, so I saw them in the midst of that. Uh, they were a little bit, a little bit disappointed, little you know, that they weren't a part little, of the Parisian contingent <laughs> over there. You know, they stayed stateside to yeah. get it in, and they of course did great work pregame, halftime, postgame, like they always do, but. You know, I'm saying I, I feel them. You know, I, I would have rather they were able to be over there taking part in things as well. So maybe next time the Bulls go international, That's they'll so be able funny. to get the fellas over there with them too. <laughs> All right, shout out to uh, shout out to the crew, man. Kendall, Will Purdue, of course, Jason Goff, the ringleader over there. Uh, yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure they'd want to be in Paris, just like the majority <laughs> of the people out there. All right, it's Gabe Ramirez, Anthony Heron here on 670 The Score, and we get to continue the conversation of these Chicago Bulls. One of our very own Cody Westerlin is going to be joining us. Uh, talking about the game and, of course, uh, maybe some, some rumors that are out there uh, for some roster changes for the Chicago Bulls. We'll discuss that one specifically uh, regarding LeBron James after the break. It's Gabe. It's Anthony. 670 to score. Four on the clock. Burks against Jones. Brushes them off. And the pass bobbled by Livers and a turnover for Detroit with a clock expiring. Well, Livers forgot the onions. Yes, he did. How do you save onions, baby onions, in... Onion, baby, onions. Okay. Is that not how you say it? I'm just curious because I'm taking. I'm just curious. I think it's pretty accurate. That's pretty. I think it's how it goes. It's Gabe Ramirez, Anthony Heron, here on 670. The score that was Bill Wennington, Chuck Swirsky with the call right there. As heard on 670 earlier today, uh, Bulls defeating the Detroit Pistons 126-108. I don't know why. And I don't know why in the back of my head I felt like I just spoiled it for somebody. Like they were gonna go yeah. home. Well, why are you listening to the score then? If you if you didn't want to get the score of the game, all right. It's now I feel better. All right, uh, to talk about this very game and and other things we want to discuss surrounding the team. Joining us on the Circuit Resort and Casino Hotline, Circuit Resort and Casino in Las Vegas, home of the world's largest sports books. He is our Chicago Bulls insider uh, for Odyssey. Of course, it is Cody Westland. Are you salty that you weren't out in Paris as well, Cody, or what? Uh, you know, it would have been nice, but I will not file a formal complaint <laughs> yeah. or or take the matter up to HR. I do understand, Cody. It's um, funny because every, everybody you talk to, you know, they always they, they they try to soften the blow, but like whatever they come <laughs> up with is terrible, right? He's like, "Oh, dude, you saw you didn't go to Paris? Ah, you know, I had some stuff to take care of." I was like, "Shut <laughs> up!" But, you know, you know, you wish you were in Paris watching this game. Um, all right, well, let's talk. Let's talk about the 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 obviously reinsertion of DeMar DeRozan into this lineup today. How do you think the Bulls did with just kind of finding their rhythm again? Yeah, you know, they took care of business, and anytime you're coming back from a quad injury like DeMar was and you can score 26 points on 50% shooting from the field, like, that's a pretty good job. I think we all saw his uh, explosive dunk early in the game. That was a really good sign for for him and the Bulls because, look, sometimes those injuries, you can come back, but you don't have your – your same explosiveness and it seemed like he did and look he's not an above the rim player or anything so that's not the name of his game but it felt like he was healthy felt like he was integrated back in the offense I thought they're early a little bit in the first half um Demar and Zach a few times traded some mid-range shots and the ball kind of stuck but other than a couple short stretches like that it felt like it was kind of back to normal and they played through 
through Vooch early there in the first quarter, and then uh, Zach and DeMar kind of led the way the rest of the way. That was going to be my, my question, Cody. It leads into it well, specific to Vooch, because so much of the time that Vooch has been here in Chicago, I feel like the same question has lingered. Just what, what is the best way to use him? And if it is through the post, then why doesn't it happen more consistently? And, yeah, I, I don't know. I'm, I, I, I don't want to let Billy Donovan off the hook for that, but obviously he's not on the court with the guys dribbling the basketball. So is there anything about we've seen the last couple of games here, one without DeMar DeRozan and now today with DeRozan in Paris that would lead us to believe that maybe the Bulls will start to operate more consistently even with the health of the ball-dominant players of DeRozan and Levine, where they say, you know what, Vooch has got to stay a part of this offense. Yeah, you know, and to to start this, it should be pointed out, Vooch is shooting about 52% this year, which is the highest mark of his career going into today. He was pacing for that. So I know offense has been exploding this year in the NBA, so a lot of people's numbers are up a little bit, but, but he's significantly improved this year for the Bulls. So when he does get his opportunities, he's been doing a pretty good job. And I think if you look back to the 43 point game against the Warriors on Sunday at the United Center, when DeRozan was out, Vooch was just raving about how he got the ball in the spots he wanted. And to be clear, like it's not traditional post-ups is not what he's really talking about. If he has a mismatch, sure. And he did against the Warriors a few times, but Vooch likes to catch the ball on the move a little bit. He likes to others to create a little bit of space for him because he feels like he's a very good passer and he's certainly a willing passer um, for the Bulls. So when he gets the ball with a little bit of space and can do one dribble and then finish near the rim or kick or keep it moving to the next guy, Vooch likes doing that. He doesn't just want to only be a pick and pop guy or just go down on the low block. So I think that's what he was referring to more of getting the ball on the move, whether it's out of pick and roll whether it's kind of just other guys on the team attracting attention and then him kind of sliding into whatever open space. He likes to work from that high post as well. So I think those are the areas where the Bulls can and should do more of that. Because I will say the one thing, when Vooch gets the ball, like it doesn't feel like it sticks very much. And I think that's probably our biggest criticism of Zach and DeMar at times is the ball sticks a little bit too much or others just aren't in the flow of the action as much as with Vooch. So I agree it's fine, but like nothing's changing here big picture. He's still going to be the number three option. Zach and DeMar are going to be the first two options pretty much all the time moving forward still. And it's one thing post-game for the, the observation of that to be made by Billy Donovan and how the offense looks best when the ball is moving, when everyone's getting touches and everybody's involved and DeMar can talk about it, Zach can talk about it. Do you have a sense for why that portion of the offense is so inconsistent with the Bulls? That 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 flow, that ball movement, regardless of who's in and out of the lineup, it just seems that, that that's just so obvious that they function better when that's the case. Do you, do you have a sense for why it is so inconsistent? Yeah, I mean, I it's might sound a little brutal, but Zach and DeMar a little too isolation heavy and overlapping their strengths a little bit too much offensively, Mm -hmm. right? Like these are offensive first guys who are very good in one-on-one situations for, for different reasons. DeRozan, because he's excellent in the mid range, really smart, can draw fouls Zach because of his explosiveness and his catch and shoot ability to, to just rise up and go over people. But at the same time, like these guys are not, 
you look at some stars in the NBA and you think about how Giannis and Jokic like really raised the level of play of all four other guys on the court at all moments in the game with how they play and create space for others. You this is this is a little just intangible, but you don't get that feeling with Zach and Demar in the same way. And look, that's why they're not superstars. It's why they're regular all stars and not top five guys in the NBA, top ten guys in the NBA. So there's just a little bit too much overlap there. And then when you throw Vooch in there, like you got three guys that need the ball first to really do what they do best, and that's probably just too much overlap. So that's why it feels like for the Bulls, right? Sometimes when two of those three guys are out there, and maybe an extra defender who's pretty good, another guy to stretch the floor out there. That's why it feels a little better. But at the same time, you get to that point and look, then you don't have quite enough high-end talent to really beat the best team sometimes. And you don't have enough talent to probably be much more than just make some noise in the first round of the playoffs or something like that. So I think a lot of it just goes back to roster construction and overlapping strengths don't enhance each other as well as other combinations do in the NBA. Yeah, it's tough because you know what the issue is, but then, like you just mentioned, that issue could lead to more issues if you try to fix it in real time. That's that's the worst part about it. We're talking to Cody Westerlin here on 670 The Score. I'm Gabe Ramirez along with Anthony Heron. Cody, if you look at the Bulls' schedule, like, you know, after, you know, Golden State, you know, starting with Detroit, I don't want to say a soft landing, but, but games that you feel like could kind of get them on the other side or closer to 500 than, than they are. Do we do we think that the Bulls are at a place now in the season that they can take advantage of some of these teams that they should be beating, or do you, do you feel like every game is just going to be you know the same thing, like a crapshoot? You're just not really sure what you're going to get. Uh, I think it's going to be a little better. This Bulls team has beat too many good teams this year, in my opinion, to continue to play poor teams so poorly again and again, right? Like, I think that just has to improve a little bit incrementally. So that's why, like you said, I mean, they have a really key stretch coming up here against inferior competition. When you host the Hawks, visit the Pacers, then they got the Hornets, they got the Magic, the inconsistent Clippers, they got the Hornets again. Like, this is a wonderful opportunity for the Bulls to climb a couple games over 500. And again, got to take care of business. But it feels like... That should improve a little bit. If for no other reason, then they are reaching more of a breaking point and pressure point in the season, in part because the February 9th trade deadline looms, in part because this team does want to see what they can accomplish, and they no longer can go out there and trot out that we have plenty of time, like excuse. It's half the pa- past the halfway point of the season. So I do think they will improve a little bit, but... I mean, if you're talking about, like, is this team going to rise into the top six and be really good for the last couple months of the regular season and earn a traditional playoff spot? No, I don't think that. I think they will improve a little bit here, and I think they will solidify themselves a little bit more in that that 7 to 10 playing range. There was a lot of questions from the assembled media there in Paris about the, the bonding experience that this trip could end up being for the Bulls. And I feel like part of that was just born from, you know, a couple of things that have come up this season, most notably the the supposed, you know, kind of interaction in the locker room, you guys are shouting matches and all that kind of stuff afterwards. And it does seem that maybe that galvanized the, the lineup a little bit. And now this trip to Paris where you get some together time and the families are hanging out and all those things. Do you feel like this is a a team right now that that's at a, a fairly cohesive stage or might there still be some fractures that need to be worked out? No, I, I think they're fairly cohesive in, in their personalities and, 
and understanding of, of one another as teammates and friends. I just don't think they fit well enough on the court and that they have some <laughs> defensive deficiencies that it doesn't matter how happy-go-lucky you are with, with your teammates. And, I mean, that's a great point, Begant. Like, the Bulls are 10-6 and six since they all yelled at Zach Levine in the locker room, right? Like, that's much better than they had been playing. They dropped to 11-18 and 18 on that afternoon um, with the ugly loss against the Timberwolves back in December. So that has been improved. I don't think the personal issues are, I don't think there are any personal issues, I should say, regarding that. I mean, there's on-court frustration about some weaknesses, but I think they are past that point of, of being irritated with effort level and, and stuff like that. Like, that to me hasn't reared its head um, really at all here in the past few weeks. Like, they've given a really good effort almost every single night other than, I mean, they they didn't play well at all in Washington, but I didn't feel like that was like an effort type thing. That was just atrocious offense for some stretches and cold offense. So um, I do think they're past that point to answer your question. That's good. I'm really glad to hear that. Uh, Cody, before I uh, before I let you go, I, I just want to know, do you, can, do you think about a player that's on the roster right now that is not going to be with the Bulls at the end of the season? Ooh, good question, right? The Bulls didn't do anything at the trade deadline last year. It feels like they need to do something this year. I would have said Kobe White probably a month or two ago, right? Because he has been shopped. And I think I'll say Kobe White, too, is the most likely to be gone just because he has restricted free agency coming up. The Bulls do have a lot of money committed to Lonzo Ball, Zach Levine, and then uh, Io DeSumo has proved that he can be a capable rotation player in the NBA and will probably be cheaper um, for the Bulls and is a little younger there. So Kobe White, probably, if you're asking me, like, most likely to yeah. be traded. Uh, but he has played really well over these past right? few weeks. And, like, he's changed. Kobe's changed my opinion of him this year because so mm. much of what he did before, there were defensive lapses the past few years. There were empty calorie plays on offense. Like, he had eight points to start the fourth quarter for the Bulls today. Big threes. And that's, that's why, like, that's why the Bulls – kept up like a 12 to 14, 16 point lead instead of having that rut where they could have been six or seven and then you're in trouble. Like he's, he's making big shots. Like he's making plays two or three times a game where I'm like, oh dang, that, that play, that was really good. That was a big play. And he hadn't been doing that. So like he deserves a lot of credit, but maybe you can get something for him. And they do have to turn this roster over at some point, somehow and I, I do still – I don't think he's going to be a starter for him. So if you can get something out of him um, on the trade market, it, it might be worth it. But And you can argue, too, like he's one of their good high-volume three-point shooters and they don't have enough, right? Like that's the thing with the Bulls. They don't have enough two-way players. Everyone's got a strength and weakness. So I, I think maybe Kobe I, – I don't think they'll trade Vooch just because – you're not going to get much in the NBA market for a center, right? I think the front office does want to see what this team can do the rest of the year. They need him to do that. And then the flip side was there wouldn't be a trade offer, in my opinion, for Vooch that's worth it. Like, no one's walking out there, like, with an unprotected first-round pick. <laughs> it would probably be, like, a top 24 protected first-round pick or a second-round pick. And that's just not going to move the needle that much, I don't think. So even though Vooch has unrestricted free agency looming, I think he'll still be here if I had to guess. So that just leaves me at Kobe White, even though he's playing better for him. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I do think Vooch is going to be some guy that sticks around. And Kobe White just sucks because we, we often forget that he's only 22. 
Like, he turns 23 in the middle of February, but he's 22 years old. I mean, he still has, you know, just to become a grown man and your game, you know, evolves, you know, especially at that age when you reach that that mid-20s. So it'll be interesting to see what happens there. Cody, appreciate you hanging out with us tonight, man. Thanks for giving giving us some of your time. Anytime. You guys take care. Love hearing that. Cody Westerland, of course, our sports editor here at 670 The Score, also our uh, Bulls insider as well. All right, and uh, on the other side, I got into an argument. No, Uh-oh. not an argument. I got Uh-oh. into a disagreement. I got to break out my brass knuckles or what? May- no, because it's my wife. Oh, so all right, I, cool. I, got to, yeah. I got into a disagreement with my wife, but it has to do with LeBron James mm. and the Chicago Bulls. I'll tell you what our argument was is about, and then I want to get your opinion on what you guys think of what we were discussing. We'll do that on the other side. It's Gabe Ramirez. Anthony Heron right here on Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. LeBron James. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.